Amen. The promise still stands. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me this evening? Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see everyone. Amen. We're moving right along in the month of August. With all that's going on, I don't know if you've realized, time is moving fast. And you would think it would be moving slow. It feels like it's moving slow, but clearly it's moving fast. Since the pandemic, after a while there, every time, every time it's that time to go to bed, I'm like, bed already? I'm like the kids. I'm just, I'm tired of going to bed. It's just the routine that you're in because of the pandemic. It's, it's crucial, man. It's, it's terrible. And so it's a challenge. But God will never fail us. The message on Sunday is just still in my spirit and in my soul. I can't get around it. And I just keep on hearing it play back in my mind that we will possess what we pursue. And then today, Patrice sent me a video from maybe my second, third, maybe third. Let me say third would be nice. My third favorite church. Uh, obviously, this is my first favorite church. But about my third favorite church, uh, Patrice sent me a video of them singing a song that this is a move. And that church is built on prayer and evangelism. That's what that church is built on, prayer and evangelism. And so they're, they're just at a level where the, the foundation that's been laid for that church has been strong, and they've been strong for many, many years. But they, the, the praise and worship team sang a song, This is a Move, and the song basically just talk about what miracles God will do and that he can still do miracles. And they didn't just sing. They worship. Um, the words came out of the song, but clearly they were just worshiping God. Their hearts were right, and they were just focused on what they really believed what they were singing. And they sang and they sang. And at the end of the song, there was tongues and interpretation. I wasn't there. I played it on my phone, and I felt the power of God. I said, man, God. And what the translation of the tongues and interpretation was God saying that my arms are not too short to reach you. God said to them that he's present. And you don't have to worry. He says that um, he loves them. And he's just talking about us. It's a message for all of us as children that we're not really getting because we're clouded by everything that's going on and thinking that our God is not able and he's just not moving and revealing himself. He says, I'm still saving. I'm still healing. I'm still delivering. And then he finished it by saying, and I care for you. Man, the ter- interpretation, you know what it is. I, I just know that's just the way God feels about us. But what I thought back about was from the very moment they started praising worship, they were pursuing a miracle. They were pursuing to hear from God. That's how they felt, that we have to hear from God. And only when you move can anything happen. 
And so that's where they were. Only if you move, Lord, can anything happen. And so I say to you tonight that we need to still think about what we heard Sunday, because I am thinking about it, that if we will pursue his purpose and his will, we will possess it. It comes down to, are we pursuing it now that you know with God, he knows your motive. So it's not like you and I could trick each other and let you believe something that's really not the way it is. You can't do that with God. So if we pursue the purpose and the will of God with a right motive and it's in his will, God will surely bring it forward. God will surely give to us what we pursue him for. So I just believe that it's the time that we have to pursue God's will and God's purpose and be just be sincere about it. Never take for granted the times you come into the, the, the building where we gather together. Never take for granted. Pursue tongues and interpretation. Pursue miracles. Pursue deliverance. Pursue people being saved. Pursue having better relationships. We have to pursue these things. They just won't happen. Because, you know, it, it, here's the reason why they just won't happen. Because you don't want it. Because we've proven to the Lord and we have lived a life to prove that whatever we really want we pursue it. So by you not pursuing it, you're really saying, eh, it's not that deep to me. It's not that serious. And I don't want to entrust anything to anyone that don't think it's as valuable as me. So sometimes we want to tell ourselves that we are pursuing things, but our action says not really. Our motive says not really. And God is not about to entrust you with things that you really don't care a whole lot about. In your mind, I'll take it or leave it. And so if he gives it to you, it's one of those things. I'll take it or leave it. But when you desire it for the right reasons, God will surely bring it to pass. We got to pursue him and pursue his purpose and pursue his will. I just believe we can't allow anything to get in the way of that pursuit of the will of God, the knowledge of God, his purpose, our love for him. We have to pursue that. We can't just let it just hang. And so our actions will demonstrate if we're pursuing or not. And then our motive will demonstrate whether we're pursuing or not. How about we go before the Lord tonight? I'll challenge you in this way. As you pray tonight, I don't want your prayer to be anything that you're asking God specific, but your prayer tonight is just to adore him. Your prayer tonight is just to appreciate him. Your prayer tonight is just to love him. I'm challenging you. It's not easy because... It depends on how much time you interact with the Lord and his word that you can actually pray and just adore him and love him and appreciate him. And so I want you to think about that. No games, no video games in the church. Church has started. Put down the video games. Get involved. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. We adore you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness. Your love, great is your faithfulness, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Lord, we're grateful. 
We're thankful to be in your house one more time. Oh, Lord, we are so thankful for you have called us, almighty God, out of darkness and into your marvelous light. And oh, how we celebrate. Oh, how we praise you and honor you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We adore you, for there is none like you. Oh, God, allow us this great opportunity to commune with you this evening. Allow us this great opportunity to fellowship with you this evening, Lord. Forgive us of our sins, will you, Lord? Wash us and cleanse us, will you, Lord? Oh, God, I pray that you will deliver us from all evil, Lord God. Will you transform us by the renewing of our mind? That our mind will be clear that tonight, Lord God, we can be focused on you, on your word. Jesus, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, and we say thank you for your goodness. For there is none like you. Thank you for your kindness. For there is none like you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. For Lord, no one loves us like you do. Oh God, you are the great and mighty God, the only true and living God. For there is none like you, Lord God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Lord most high and heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool and you are the everlasting God and you are, oh God, the one which is, which was, and which is to come. You are the only wise God, the only true and living God. Oh Lord Jesus, you are the wheel and the middle of the wheel. You are the bright and the morning star. Oh God, is you alone that sits on the throne. For there is none besides you that can heal. There is none that can save. There is none that can deliver, Lord. There is none that can sustain but you, the Lord Almighty. And tonight, Lord God, we exalt your name. Tonight, Lord God, we just magnify the name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, it is the sweetest name I know, Jesus, your name is above every name, Jesus, your name is a strong tower, the righteous run into it, and they are saved, Jesus, at the mentioning of your name, demons tremble, Jesus, your name is heavenly, your name is above every name, and you reign, O oh God. You reign, Lord Jesus. You reign, O oh God. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the wonderful Counselor. You are the God of the old and new. You are the God that, Lord, always exists, always will exist. You are from everlasting to everlasting. And God, we love you. And God, we adore you. And God, we praise your holy Holy name. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We love you. We adore you. Oh, God, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. 
Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Lord most high. Oh, Lord Jesus, who is like unto thee, O God? For there is none like you. There is none like you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We will pursue your will. We will pursue your purpose. We will pursue, Lord God. Oh, Father, what you want us to pursue. Command us as you will. Instruct us as you will. For, Lord, we will pursue. We will pursue. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands onto the Lord one more time. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We started our series last week. Corona has brought about series. <laughs> and so we started our series last week on questions Christians ask. And the first thing we covered last week was that is it we asked the question, is it right to ask God a question? Is it right to question God? And we went into the whole explanation of that that eventually we got to the end of it to understand God is okay with you questioning him. As a matter of fact, he wants you to question him. It's like a student in the classroom. I'm sure the teachers normally like when the student questions them because it says something about um, their focus, their interest. It, it says something about them learning what you're teaching. And so God doesn't mind us questioning him. He wants us to ask him questions, but we must ask him a question with a right motive. We must ask the question with a right motive. And so we were able to get through that lesson last week. And so this week we're going to get on lesson two in this series, uh, questions Christians ask. And tonight's question that we will put forth is, why did God allow sin? Why did God allow sin? So that's our question tonight, and we'll deal with that and hopefully at the end we will have a clear answer as to why did God allow sin. The why questions are very difficult because they get into the nature of God. And because our nature is not like his nature, there's a lot of things we can't understand about God. And Sometimes God doesn't even go, doesn't even explain things to us because he knows that his nature compared to ours, his understanding, his knowledge compares to ours. We would not understand some of the things that he could explain to us as to why he does or does not do things. And I believe the best thing that any one of us could do so we can get some questions answered by God is to dig deeper into the scriptures and draw closer to the Lord. Because the closer we get to the Lord, the deeper we go in his word, the better chance we will have of him being able to respond to us regarding questions we have and we will have some kind of understanding. 
The reason why he doesn't, under, doesn't explain some of it to us is because we probably wouldn't understand because of where we are in our understanding. So when you begin to ask God's ask God questions, it's it's a it's a it's a tough uh, hike there because we don't understand His nature. Try to guess why God does anything is a very tough thing because no one knows the mind of God unless God reveals that to you. So unless God reveals what's in his mind, you won't know. So until God reveals some things, we just won't know the answer. We can ask the question, and it's up to God to reveal to us or not. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 9. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 9. The word of the Lord said, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. I hope you understand when it says the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What he's saying is when you eat from that tree, you will come to understand good and evil. The tree itself wasn't good and evil. When you ate from the tree, the tree now allow you to understand good and evil. I will probably go a little bit further and say uh, it's probably obvious that it when when you ate from the tree, you automatically uh, understood good or evil. Why? Because Eating from that tree, my God, it's sometimes it's simple in the sight, in your sight is there. Eating from the tree means disobedience. So because you ate from the tree, it's not something wrong with the tree. But when you ate from the tree, you did wrong. You did bad. You disobeyed God. So now you're knowing evil. Because evil is disobeying God. So it wasn't something that was on the tree per se. It wasn't some fruit that was just enlighten your eyes and say, oh, now you know. No, just from the mere fact of you disobeying God, you now entered into the realm of evil when all along you were in the realm of good. So it's, it says that. If you eat of the tree, you will, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat of that tree is what it's saying. Genesis 2 and 16, the word of the Lord says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof. Thou shalt surely die. Why again? When you eat from that tree, it means that you disobeyed God. You entered into sin. And the soul that sinneth shall surely die. So God is just explaining to us what the rules of engagements are for being godly or ungodly. God did allow sin. And that should settle the issue for us. But you know us. We always have something to say. Uh-huh. 
Scripturally, we really don't know why God allows some things. We can speculate why he allows things, but a lot of us will never know. In fact, the theologians have done so for years, trying to figure out why God did things. And today we still have theologians that are trying to explain why God does things. Listen to me. I am going to tell you when I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> One explanation of the theologians to, as to why God allows sin. Listen to this. Some of the theologians says God allowed sin in order that he might destroy it. Mm -hmm. Those are theologians. If there is a right, there has to be a left. And so I stop there for a second and just tell you this. One of the issues, or mm, let's take back the word issue, let's say, one of the reasons why we're experiencing some of what we're experiencing is because God set out to, to, to allow us to experience goodness. He set out to allow us to experience godliness. But here is what we have to understand. Before he created anything, there was nothing. But once he created one thing, there must be an opposite to that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a right, there has to be a left. If there's a up, there has to be a down. If there's a good, there has to be a bad. God didn't create it. God created the right stuff. But because we have the choice now to either do it or not, it automatically gives us another opportunity or another choice. And so if there's, there was goodness, there was always potential for evil. And maybe God allowed evil to exist in order to ultimately destroy it so that it could no longer again exist. And that's what heaven is all about. But the bottom line is, once you have a right, there's a left. You have a good, there's a bad. You have righteousness, there's unrighteousness. So there you have it. Listen, I believe that evil had to exist because good existed. Once good existed, evil had to exist. No way around it. I'll go further. God allowed evil because he wanted a people who would live for him, to choose to live for him, not to be made to live for him, which means there had to be a choice for one to choose, good or evil, righteousness or unrighteousness. Think about it. If there were no evil, then there would be no choice between good mm -hmm. and everyone would live for God and love God because they were forced to love God, forced to live for God. Mm -hmm. But God didn't want robots. He wanted relationship. Somebody say relationship. You know, I'm a relationship guy when it comes down to, you know, I remember somebody told me years ago, when I hear you preach, it's always going to be about faith. It's going to be about relationship. It's going to be about God. And it's going to be about reaching the laws. They broke down all my preaching in about four things and they were right on. I never apologized for that. There were you about five things. I will always be within those five areas of when I minister God's word, because I believe those are the things that are important. And so a relationship to me is very, very important because I realize the only reason why we're here is because of relationship. That's it. 
So I'd love, I would love to know why else we think we were here if you think it's something other than relationship. The only reason we were created and we exist is because of relationship. All of us supposed to pursue relationship. It's why we're here. We must pursue relationship. We have to make it our business that we do everything that we can to make sure every relationship we have some influence in, we make it the best relationship it could be, the most godly relationship it could be, because relationship is what brought us into existence. Relationship. I know relationship is tough. Everybody have their own mind. Everybody want to do their own thing. But we still need to pursue relationship upwards first, then horizontal. How can you feel like you are in a real relationship with a robot? Some people don't mind that, but they're just ignorant. You're ignorant if you think you want somebody. You know, <laughs> this is <laughs> some ladies... They they have a man, their their husband, and they don't mind telling him everything to do. You don't want that. You think that's what you want. Oh, my husband do everything I want. <laughs> that ain't no real relationship. It means you're being a spoiled person getting everything you want. There ain't no relationship. Ain't no relationship. You don't want anyone. You don't want to be in any relationship. Where you get all that you want. That's not a relationship. You don't want to be in a relationship where they're agreeing with you on everything. That's not a relationship. Last night on our leadership call, I told him, I said, listen, I don't care what my title is. You need to know what you know, believe what you believe, and stick up for what you believe if it's something you feel passionate about. Even if it don't go along with what I say. I'm okay with that. I don't want a leadership team that everybody think like me. I don't want that. We can't be successful if everybody's thinking like me. You need to think on your own. You need to have your own way of how you process things and how you see things. And when I say A, and if you don't see A, you see B, you say, oh, I kind of see it this way. Don't mean we're going to go with your way, but I need to hear what you're thinking because maybe it will change how I see it and how you see it. Maybe there's a third way. Maybe there's a different way. But if we won't know the ways, if we don't begin to say what's on our mind, the Lord says the church is a body and all of us are a part of the body. And he did it that way so we understand all of us have a role to play. We all don't play the same role. So let's not try to be the same thing <laughs> I'm okay when someone say well I don't know if that's a good idea I don't agree with that and I'll say tell me why and you tell me why and maybe I'm able to share something with you to say well here is why what you're seeing and what you believe may not be all the way accurate because you didn't know this and you didn't know this but maybe you'll say something I said well tell me why and when I hear your explanation I might say you know what that sounds like an explanation that we need to go with what you say instead of going what I thought because God put us all together to be together, to do this together, and he needs all the components. He wants all of us to be who we are supposed to be. Yes, we're supposed to be godly, holy, and righteous, but when it comes down to our thought process and how we see things, he wants you to share. I want you to share. We, we don't want to be in any relationship where people are just agreeing with us. Amen. No bueno. 
No good. That will not be successful. If you can control someone's actions, they are a robot. If you can control their thoughts, they are a robot. That's not a relationship. If you can program someone to do whatever you want them to do, then real relationship is impossible. So if you get someone, you know, you know how to set it up and get them to do what you want, and that's how it go every time, real relationship is impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you with someone, let me even throw this in. If you with someone, a husband or wife, and they always say, whatever you say, at some point in time, you need to sit them down and say, listen, we can't live like this. It's not just whatever I say. We are in this together, and you need to have something to say too. Uh-oh. Somebody in here said, no, 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 I like it the way it is. Let them just keep on doing what I want. <laughs> Woo! The beauty of relationship is that it is a choice. When someone choose to be with you, choose to love you, that's the beauty of it. Relationship is a choice. You enter into relationship because you choose to, not because you're forced to. You're supposed to choose your relationship. Relationship is supposed to be a choice. All right, you want me to take it a little further for you? In the eastern countries, the custom is, the custom in many places is to have arranged marriages. Two parents meet with another two parents and they decide that they want their children to marry. The children can even be very young and will not marry for years. Then when the children are of age, they may not even have met each other or spend much time with each other 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 than, you know, probably seeing each other, but spend no time until the wedding. It doesn't matter how they feel about each other. It doesn't matter if they are attracted or not. It's arranged by their parents, and that's the end of that. So when you talk to many of these couples who became married, and you ask them questions like, do you love one another? They might tell you this, it is not about love. It's about what's best for our family. Mm -hmm. They didn't choose. Years ago, this pastor I know and wife met an Indian lady who told her, who told the pastor wife um, she was having marital problems. The pastor's wife saw it as an opportunity to offer the couple her husband's services as a pastor to counsel them. And so... The pastor met with them in their home and was so ready to give them instructions. He just knew God would just work in their situation. So the first thing he asked them when he sat down with them was, tell me about what you're facing right now. And they talk about arguing all the, they're arguing all the time and disagreements and there wasn't any peace in their home is what they said. So he pulled out one of his, the pastor, he pulled out one of his uh, marriage counseling tricks, an old go-to method that usually brings back the spark and the twinkle 
in the couple's eyes. So he asked, tell me, how did you meet? He normally asked them that. Usually when he asks a couple to do that and they start tracing or retracing how they met and how they fell in love or how they got on the first date, they usually end up leaving the pastor's office hand in hand, lovey-dovey again, because the pastor brought up points that make them think about how they met, dates they went on how they fell in love. And so when he brings that up, he didn't even have to go into anything deep. He just made them start thinking about those things. And before you know it, they, they forgot what the issues were that they were dealing with. But when he asked the couple from India this question, how did you meet? They said, our parents arranged our marriage. He then said, well, I'm sure when you finally met, the sparks began to fly and you fell in love. And they looked at him and said, love isn't required in this marriage because we didn't have a choice. Love has meaning because it's the choice. I remember when it was living for God that I remember just thinking that God chose to love me. And it really started making me realize how important and how valuable it is when someone loves you, really love you. When someone really loves you, it's big time. It is valuable. It is probably the greatest thing that anyone could ever do for you because they chose that. Love is not something you can't. It's an oxymoron to say, I'm forced to love you. It, it, it doesn't exist. If you truly love someone, you did that on your own accord. You chose to love them. You weren't made to love them. If you're made to love someone, then you really don't love them. You can't be made to love somebody. You have to choose to love them. And they have to choose to love you. That's real relationship is when someone chooses. So when someone say, I love you, and they really love you, that's high honor man that's 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 the best feeling probably you can get when someone look at you and say i love you because they chose to love you nobody made them love you they just chose to love you for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life listen to me god wasn't forced to love me because he is self-sufficient. Understand that. God didn't create us. Remember, a lot of people believe, and I have said it to you, but understand that when he created us, he did not have to love us. He could have created us and said, let me see how they act, and then maybe I'll love them. He created us, and he did that because he chose to, and then he chose to love us. No one made him. God wasn't forced to love me, to love you, because God is self-sufficient, and he doesn't need anything to make him feel better. He doesn't need anything to, to encourage him to do better. God is self-sufficient, and he doesn't need anything outside of himself to, 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 be, uh, to sustain himself. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need anything, but he chose to love me. And beyond that, he chose to love me even when there was no proof 
I would even love him. The Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners. So it means that God chose to love you and me without any evidence that we would ever get saved, without any evidence that we would ever start loving him back. Yes, he's almighty God, so he knew. But the bottom line was he loved us no matter what. When you think about love, that's the power behind it. It means I don't care. This is why I've said this and I will never change. When you really truly love someone, you can't stop loving them. Because when you chose to love them, you, you was choosing to love them and you understood that they had flaws. You understood that they could be this way and that way. You understood some of their behaviors is not always what you like, but you still chose. So what now? What, I'm going to not love you anymore? No, I'm going to love you. No matter what, once I say I love you, I shouldn't get to a place where I said I don't love you anymore. That makes no sense. The question should be that maybe you never really loved them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's different from you and someone getting along. Now, I would think if you love them, you would do whatever it takes to get along, but maybe they're unreasonable and so you can't get along. But that shouldn't still stop you from loving them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You want somebody, hey, I can love someone that, that, that they, 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 they're hard to get along with. I can still love them. You can still love someone that's hard to get along with. Because you're love, you're loving them based on just because. You choose to love them. It's not because they did something for you. We have to get past, oh, we have to love them because only way I'm gonna love them is because they, they've been good to me. No, God said, love your neighbor as yourself. So guess what? They don't have to be good to you for you to love them. You are required to love someone, love your neighbors, as the Bible says, not because they have done something good to you, but because that's your obligation in the sight of God to love them. So when we go around and talk about, man, they just, what? They what? Because the minute you start saying day one, I'm there to tell you that, and the Lord could have said the same thing about you. You just, just imagine if God had sat in his throne and, and he wanted to love us, but every time he looked down, we were doing something so ungodly, so unrighteous, so immoral, that he was, ah, I just can't love them. I wanted to love them, but every time I'm getting ready to love them, they do some old nasty thing. We would never be loved by God. So why would we want to uh, put out there that people have to be a certain way and they got to look a certain way? They got to fit our profile and what we think people should look like in order to love them. Makes no sense. When you choose to love someone, you're choosing to love them with everything they've got. Good, bad, and indifferent. That's what God did to us. Uh-huh. And so God chose to love us, even when we weren't acting right. And that's what attracts me to God. I, I'm attracted to God because I know that he loved me even when I wasn't right. 
I, I know he loved me even when I mess up. And when I think about that kind of love, oh man, I fight hard to do right. I fight hard to live for him. I fight hard to dedicate and sacrifice and commit my life to him. Because somebody loving me like that, that's just awesome. And I can't fathom it. But I know he loves me that way. And he loves you that way. And that's why we got to strive and fight and do everything we can to love the Lord, to obey him. Because how he loved you, nobody else loves you that way. God is attractive because he's loving you in spite of you. He's loving you with all your flaws. He's loving you when you're disobedient. He's loving you in everything that's going on with you. He's still loving you. Is that his love is so great for us? Why aren't we loving him? And why aren't we loving others? Mm -hmm. God loves me. God loves you. And when you have a choice to obey your sinful flesh and the temptation of the devil, you have to stop and think about how much he loves you. You have to stop and think about how much can you love him. And I always say that. I say, God, I want to love you. I don't think it's possible, but I still say it. I say, God, I want to love you like you love me. However much you love me, I want to love you that much. I don't know if it's possible because I say that to him when I tell him that. I say, God, I want to love you as much as you love me. I said, I don't know if it's possible because your love is just something else. I don't know if it's possible, but I sure want to do it. I sure would love to love the Lord just the way he loves me. Yes, I do. I want to love him the way he loves me. Uh huh. We have to choose to love God. We have to choose to live for God. This is why this thing, you know, sometimes I, I learn this and it helps me even as a pastor now. It helps me a whole lot to realize that no matter how much I love someone and no matter how much I want them to go to heaven, how much I want them to have a great relationship with Christ, I can do anything that I can to help them. That's right. But if they don't choose it, nothing I can do. Nothing you can do. Because just like you chose, your husband got to choose. Your wife got to choose. Your kids got to choose. Your, your neighbor got to choose. Whoever it is, they have to choose just like you choose. And so as much as we, oh God, if, and we try to manipulate situations sometimes to get people to change so that, no, we can't do anything about it. They have to choose on their own if they're going to love Jesus, if they're going to live for Jesus. They have to choose that themselves. And then you have to realize you didn't choose Jesus right away. So they might be taking a little longer to choose him. Don't get mad and upset. <laughs> give, give, be gracious to them. Let them have their time to See if they will eventually start choosing righteousness, choosing to love God. Because we don't know how much baggage and, and how much layers of stuff that needs to be peeled back in people's life before you can get to some, 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 some place of sensitivity where they can respond to God. And so maybe your lifestyle that you live allowed you to realize right away the love of God and respond to Him. But the other person, they were just so, they went through so much that it's taken them a minute before they can understand this stuff. Be gracious. 
give them their chance. Just like you choose to love God, somebody else will choose and people will continue to choose. But the bottom line is they have to choose. Mm -hmm. You choose to love God and live for him. God will open the door of his presence. You choose to love God and live for him. All the resources of his kingdom will be in your, in your, in, in, in your hand. If you choose to love God and live for him, all the power of his name will you be able to use because you chose God. Out of your own free will, you did it. Nobody made you. You chose him. So sin gives me a choice. This is where we are now. Sin gives you a choice. If there was no sin, you would have no choice. You would be a robot and you will not you would not have been capable of being in a relationship. So sin gave us a choice to choose if we will love him, to choose if we will follow him. It gave us a choice. So as much as we want to look at sin and say, why couldn't God do something about it? Why does God allow it? Because sin gives you a choice. And people that are sinning, they don't have to sin. You're not sinning every every time you turn around. You're not doing what some people are doing. So you decided to choose not to do it. Others have choose or chose or chosen to do it. So the bottom line is, sin gives us a choice. So as much as you want to, it's just like I tell people this. The devil could have been destroyed a long time ago. But God allows him to work for him. You never looked at it like that. The devil worked for Jesus. Uh huh. And, and we running around here like we're scared like like scared puppies. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my the devil worked for Jesus. The the Lord allowed him to be used to strengthen your faith. The Lord used the devil to 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 draw to or to, to push you closer to the Lord. The devil is 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 a is 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 used by God. He serves God. You think anything exists that, that doesn't bow and serve our God? including the devil, angels, demons, they all serve him. So you don't have to worry about the devil. The Lord, he served the Lord. My choice tells God whether I love him or not. When you love God, the way you live tells God if you love him or not. How you live tells God you love him or you don't love him. No, no need to go deep. No need for any explanation. Your actions say that you love God or you don't. And so, why did God allow evil? Because if there's a good, automatically there's an evil. If there's a right, automatically there is a wrong. And so, God allow it because... It had to be that way. But also, it gave us a choice that we are not robots. That we can choose to be in relationship with God. We can choose to obey him. So evil exists to give us a choice. Evil exists because automatically by default, if, if, if righteousness and goodness exists, evil would be the opposite of that. 
I close with Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 19 and 20. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 19. It says this, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. The Lord says I set before you life and death, Uh huh. blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The Lord has given us the answer to the test. <laughs> he said, I've set before you, right? I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, I've set it before you. He could have said, I'm not going to tell you what to choose. You decide what to choose. But Tom, he's a good teacher. He says, my, 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 my desire is that you pass all the tests. And so he gives you the answer and says, choose life. And if you choose life, your seed will live. Verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. I love this part where it says here, For he is thy life and the length of our days. Evil only exists because when we choose, we have to choose righteousness, as opposed to unrighteousness. Automatically when God created. It left us. With the faults. Good. Bad. Right. Wrong. Automatically left us with that. We didn't have a choice. So if the Lord didn't create us. He would still exist today. All by himself. Not needing any one of us. Because he's all sufficient. Self-sufficient. But when he created us, and he created us so there would be relationship, the bottom line now, he says, in order for relationship to be healthy, you have to choose. <laughs> healthy relationship, you have to choose. Unhealthy relationship, be controlled. And he says, I'm not controlling you because I want a healthy relationship. Questions. Christians ask. That was lesson two. Second question. Why does the Lord allow evil? You good with that? You can, you can understand it? Or why do you allow sin? You can answer that now. He gave them the tree not to eat from because he's saying, I'm giving you a choice. If I didn't give you a choice, you would just have to do everything I tell you. That would mean you wouldn't have a mind of your own. But I wanted you to have a mind of your own. I want when we finally get together in heaven, it will be a glorious day because you chose it and I chose it. We did it together. Not because I made you come, because it wouldn't work. 
Let's stand. Hallelujah. Anyone have any question tonight? Any question? Any of our um, online congregants? Anyone have any question tonight about the Word of God? Any thoughts? We need to pursue the things of God. We need to pursue God's purpose and God's will for our life. I can't say that enough, church. It's, it, it's something that's just stuck in my cross. It's just is there that we need to pursue the things of God because God is ready to give them to us. But he will not entrust us with something that we can take it or leave it. You would not do that. You would not entrust anything with anyone that's just like, whatever, I'll take it or leave it. You won't do it, and God won't do it. But when someone says, I want it, and I'll do what you want me to do with it, I will make the best of it, I promise, and they pursue it, then you can trust them. You know if you turn it over to them, they will do right by you. And that's what God is looking for, some people that will do right by him. Also, too, I will go as far as to say some of us have to realize that if we don't get our hearts right and we don't get ourselves right, God cannot gives us, give us some things because if he does, it will destroy us. And we don't realize that. Things that you may want, God wants to give them to you, but he cannot if you're not right in your heart, if you're not right uh, in, in, in your motive. If, if, if you have, you know, things that, you know, secretly have you bound, you got to get free from it because God can't entrust you with the things that he wants to entrust you with because it will destroy you. And so God is wanting to give us as we pursue him for the things that are according to his will. He wants to give them to us. He wants to give them to us. But we have to position ourselves. We have to get ourselves right so God can give them to us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight, O oh God, for your word, for speaking to our hearts, Lord God, and giving us an understanding as to why you allow sin, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, yes, we shouldn't have to question you because you are the all-knowing God. We shouldn't have to question you, Lord God, because you're sovereign. We shouldn't have to question you, Lord God, because you were the one that created all things. But Lord, you're so good that you have given us that wonderful privilege and opportunity to question you. And oh God, before I step forward to ever question you, Lord God, I want my heart to be right. I want my motive to be right. So, Lord, I'm never asking you a question that is self-centered. I'm never asking you a question, Lord God, that is for my own benefit. I'm not asking you a question, Lord God, for me to have pride, for me to boast. But I'm only pursuing you, Lord God, for the questions that I may have because I truly want to continue to help to advance the kingdom of God. I truly want to walk in your will and purpose. I truly, oh, God want to help to advance and expand the kingdom of God. So Lord, I pray tonight for each and every one of us here and those that are a part of the service, Lord God, virtually. I pray that each and every one of us tonight, Lord God, you will touch our hearts and give us hearts, Lord God, that, that, that are right, that are pure. We want right motives, Lord God. We don't want to, oh God, have motives of unrighteousness and motives 
O oh God, of self-centeredness and ungodliness. Will you purge us tonight? Will you do a work in us tonight, Lord God, that our motives will be pure, that our, oh God, our, our, our heart will be clean, that Lord, when we come before you and we say, God, why? That Lord, you will be able to give us instruction as to why, because we will understand it, because our heart will be right, our motives will be pure. God, help us tonight that the Word of God that has gone into our hearing will take root and begin to grow and produce fruit, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will do a work in this congregation that will move us to new dimension, to higher heights, Lord God. For Lord, I pray that there will be a hunger and a thirst in all of us to pursue the purpose and the will of God. Father, help us to truly trust you uh, and oh my God to understand uh, the significance, uh, the importance, uh, the value of relationship, uh, why you created us, uh, the importance of relationship. Uh, will you help us almighty God tonight uh, that a change will take place within our heart, uh, a change will take place uh, in our soul and we will have right hearts and right motives, Lord God. Father, bless this church. Bless your people tonight, will you, Lord, and strengthen them. That as we go forward, Lord God, this word that we heard tonight will bring about change in our life, and we will never be the same again. Lord, we give you the honor and the praise. We thank you tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord and just thank him tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pursue the will of God. Pursue the purpose of God. Come to the house of God with a purpose and let God change you. That you will never be the same. Let God help you to grow and be who He has called you to be. Oh God, we thank you for this wonderful privilege to ask questions, to seek your will, Almighty God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful night. Love you. And we'll see you back here Saturday for prayer. Hallelujah.